Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, not on broadcast. Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, it's a podcast now. It's a show that's worth another go. Stop us if we start to ramble. Listen as we watch, into the rewatch, join us, Art and Daniel. We love to see our hot dad down on his luck. Hello, and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and uh, Daniel, and uh, oh, I'm getting breaking news. Um, we are on Dark Betty Watch. We might we might have a Dark Betty sighting this episode. More on that later. Joining me is that other third in our weather correspondent, Art. Hey, uh, there's a 60% chance that the serial killer is just Betty. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to shape up like maybe the serial killer could be Betty. We don't know. Like, that's what I want to happen, so I'm just going to try to manifest it. Yeah, they are really hyping up this whole lonely highway thing that they invented this season, huh? Yeah, they, they really are. Uh, oh, I should read... I shouldn't just start the episode. I should say what episode this is. Uh, this is Riverdale season five, episode nine, chapter eighty-five, Destroyer. And uh, Art and I were just talking before we started recording. We don't really remember any plot points from this episode, so we're just gonna jump in and see what comes up. Uh, we open with Jughead and Arthur C. Clark uh, quote about aliens uh, that doesn't really matter. He's deep in the alien stuff now. Is that Adderall? Wait, wait, what was, what was that? Yeah, what was yeah that? Let, let me see. I, I don't think it is. I think it's probably a Xanax-type beat, because it's for Alice. But, yeah, let me see if I can get a close-up on that bottle prescription. It is, uh... Zol- Zolpidem. Is that a real drug? I don't know. Let's let's check it out. Zolpidem. Uh, Zolpidem sure is. Uh, it is a brand of sedative, uh... It's what Ambien is, essentially. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, which makes sense with her, uh, Alice Cooper's current uh, state of uh, mental and emotional health. I uh, will say, uh, we can dox them right now. They are in 2041 Elm Street, Riverdale, USA. No state mentioned, because they don't want to admit they're in New York, but it, they're almost definitely in New it York. It has to be in New York, because it's definitely not any of the other states bordering Canada. Right. It's it's either New York or they have invented another northeastern state for them to exist in. Yeah, those are the only two options left. Um, but yeah, Betty comes down to see her mom. Uh, kind of conked out on the couch. Looks like she was taking Ambien with a nice glass of wine. You know the vibes. It's just a good evening. Yeah. Hopefully, she doesn't become racist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I don't think she would be because I feel like Alice Cooper is not one to hide her biases, as we saw uh, when she just constantly made fun of poor people for like two seasons. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. This is the episode where Archie coaches exclusively through sports. Cliches. Oh, yeah. They they pretty much played like this is Friday Night Lights light, basically. Yeah. Um, but they just got blown out 40 to 0 again, they say. Uh, by they, I mean the Bulldogs. Archie's te- uh, coaching the football team, and they suck. And no one's attending, and they have not scored a single point this season, we learn. Uh, and then Veronica does something really fucking weird here. Um, she's a villain for me this season. Yeah, if we're if we're still handing out Worst in Show, it is going to Veronica this 
uh, this episode, because I hate her. Yeah, Veronica, like, weirdly enough, Veronica normally neutral on this mm-hmm. this season. I, I think she's a villain, almost. The thing with Veronica is there's, like, almost something compelling about the way she behaves, because in a lot of ways it parallels her father. I just don't feel like giving the writers credit for that, because I... Mm, that seems almost a little too subtle for them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that mm-hmm. I definitely I think Veronica is the worst. I'm remembering she yeah. basically just bribes the entire town to go to the football games. Yeah, among other things. So, for example, this uh, scene, Archie's in the locker room trying to rally the team with a lot of sporting cliches uh, having heart, and then Veronica comes in and says, nevertheless, you suck. How can I uh, inspire you? How about $10,000 to the first person who scores on the Bulldog? Which I'm pretty Which sure that's illegal. A, it shouldn't probably, be. Yes. It shouldn't B, be, but I think it's illegal. I mean, it's this is a weird like fight for my entertainment rich person thing to do. You could just give these kids money. You don't have to like it's weird. This is weird. Yeah. Uh and then we get briefly introduced to Derek, the best player on the team, um who just loves football and he's giving it his all. Or she says he's the best one on the team, basically. Also, I love Veronica, the full-grown adult woman, just hanging out in the... I mean, I guess it's a co-ed locker room, because they have the one uh, female player, but, like, Which, it's still weird. But, it's a bunch of teen boys. But, by the way, mm-hmm. you, you got your... Uh, you almost got your uh, prediction... Of uh, the which one prediction gr- was that? Of, of, the, of the girl... Uh, of the girl... Uh, doing the score she didn't pull her helmet oh. off and say but i'm a girl because i think they just know oh, she was the one who scored wasn't she yeah. i didn't even register that yeah but you did get that i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry to spoil that early but it, I, yeah. a lot of this is just the football game yeah you know i thought when they included the like one girl football player it would be a bigger plot point because like that's just generally how it goes you know we'd see some like oh oh uh-huh, you throw like a girl stuff and then, you know, she'd show them all because girls are just as good as boys or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, they just didn't. They just put a girl on the football team and then moved on, which I guess. Which, I mean, good? I good? guess? Like, like uh, um, it's not bad, I should like, say, but it's, like, weird. It, like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it because, like, it's, cause, like, it's a bit... It's a bit of a Chekhov's gun, right? Because it's not like any of the other football teams are co-ed. It's like, this This is the one girl football player going on the typically all-male team. And then they just don't like, really address it past that point. They will probably end up doing something about that later. But, like, mm-hmm. they kind of just don't make a big deal about it. But also, yeah. this is a show that writes emotionally mature teenagers because they don't know how to write teenagers. <laughs> I guess. This is such a, like, trod on path, though. I feel like they could have without a lot of effort, but whatever. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily need the, like, oh, I play good even though I'm a girl plotline either. It's just weird it's not here. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, I think they just don't know how to write drama. <laughs> but, like, that's, like, that is, like, Disney it should be original easy. comedy tier writing. I know this because Disney did this. They had the motocross one where the girl... Races with the boys, and they don't know if she's a girl, and she's like, girl power. Um, so it's like, it's not a hard plot to write. Many, many people have written this plot. I'm, just, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna 
check you on something real quick. A lot of decoms yep. have better uh, pacing and plot structure than most Riverdale episodes do. Hmm. Let me let me sit in that. Well, that's hard to compare because one's a feature length film and the other's a TV show. Not that they're not much that not that much longer though. But you cannot complete a plot line in an episode of a television show. Okay. You can okay. let that hang. Okay, how about later, this? Is what I'm saying. How about this? That's so Raven probably had better plot structure in like half the time. Maybe. I'm not that familiar with I that. I mean, so I don't know. I'm gonna fair, I'm gonna per- I'm, we're gonna we're I, I I just feel like most kids shows have at least a little mm-hmm. bit more structure than this. They they do have more structure, I agree. I don't know that that means it's more competently written. Uh, a lot of those shows followed yeah. uh, a structure that allowed them to churn out many episodes of it, right? It's kind of, uh, to take that So Raven as an example, it's, you know, we might have a different B-plot for the day, but, you know, all the characters kind of have their archetype, and then Raven has a vision, and then hijinks ensue based on that vision, and that's like every episode. You know, sometimes the dad does some stuff with his cook show. Sometimes it's Corey doing whatever the fuck Corey did on those shows. But, like, the general structure of every episode, more or less the same, right? Uh, I'm going to have to... I'm going to... I'm going to decide. Because I definitely... Like... I... See, I don't want to... I don't want to pull out, like, Avatar Last Airbender definitely did better on every front. Also not Disney. But that's not Disney. And also, I think that's, like, once-in-a-lifetime cartoon, honestly. And, like, this is not me uh, denigrating children's programming. There's a lot of really well-written stuff, but also there's the Disney original comedies. Yeah, I just... That are, like, fine. I I just, like, I just... This this show doesn't do a good job at being a show. And that's why everyone likes it. Or hates it. Yes. (laughs) I agree. But but whatever. I feel like I feel like they could have done the you know raw raw girl power thing. Yeah. But they didn't. I almost feel like they wanted to, and then they cut it for other stuff because like it again, it feels weird. Well, this is like the only. This is like the only thing though that that this episode is about really. Actually, you know what? You know what? I bet it is. Uh, they wanted to keep all the students under five. <laughs> Oh my god, probably. Because it looks like those it looks like they're actually have teenagers playing teenagers this season. That's also true, yeah. Uh um so so they don't want to develop them into real characters cuz then they'll have to negotiate around their work schedule and also pay them. Well, I feel okay, I think the 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 Asian kid uh that was the best player. Mm-hmm. I think he's over 5. He might be, but he. I don't. Th- I also think he's like not coming back for the rest of the show. Yeah, I don't know. It, it maybe we'll have to we'll have to decide on this because like it might yeah. be because they don't want to pay the kids day rate. Yeah, more than I, day I rate. don't think. Yeah, I don't think any of these kids recurring or not are getting to supporting character uh, role. They're all going to be sort of like Jelly Bean, <laughs> where she was important to the plot, but definitely didn't say a lot. Yeah. Well, you, we definitely know they probably won't matter next season because all of them get superpowers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I assume most of this season won't matter <laughs> next season. <laughs> oh, man. I hope they retconned some of the stuff that happened in this series as just like, oh, it turns out magic exists. I mean, yeah. The trash bag killer um, was actually just Dark Betty <laughs> manifesting. It's a tulpa. 
please. <laughs> it's it's her stand. We're we're in JoJo now. Yeah. So Veronica, the next the day after the game, mm-hmm. pretty much goes to Tabitha and is like, "Hey, do you, like, let's do. Do you want to do like a pancake thing? I'll pay for yeah. it." Yeah, so she wants uh, Pops to, like, cater a free breakfast that Veronica will foot the bill for. And then she also wants Pops to be the official sponsor of the Bulldogs, which I guess means more free food hookups. I'm not really sure. And Tabitha's like, sure, anything to get more business, because I guess Pops isn't doing great still, even though she never seems worried about that. I mean... She could have been a CEO anywhere in the country at six figures, so what do I know? She knows something I don't, clearly, but... I don't know, I feel like Pops is very much in this, like, weird Schrodinger's... They're struggling when the plot needs it, but otherwise they are totally financially stable. Uh, then Archie makes a school-wide announcement... Uh, to, to tell all the kids that the football players are trying so hard, so it's your job to support them. Um, spoken like a true jock in high school. <laughs> My thing's the most important. Also, um, there was a really brief insert as Archie was talking of a poster that said support diversity in teaching, which is um, extremely funny given the racial makeup of the cast, especially uh, of the ones who are teaching in this school. Especially since it looks like they might have written Tony off the show. Oh, wait, you know what? She... The real-life actress is probably having her baby. That's why. Yeah. Also, she was about to pop. Yeah. Like, she yeah. was... Again, I don't think that was a show plotline. I think she was actually pregnant. And so she was like, I will do as many scenes until my baby as I can. Like, she is... She was, like, on the precipice. Yeah. Uh, so... Oh, um, that was a really quick insert. Yeah. But basically, Jughead, uh, he calls out... The, the class uh, later that day, and he saw a drawing that one of his students made. Well, he uh, he had assigned them, like, a short story creative writing uh, assignment, and they were all turning it in, and everyone else had, like, actual, uh, like, nice leather folders for their stories for some reason. That was crazy. Um, and then this, this one kid uh, turns in just a staple piece of paper, and he's drawn on the cover a big scary thing that looks kind of like the Mothman. Uh, from Jughead's vision, so Jughead's like, whoa! Uh, and then, sorry, I just realized, because we saw it on Betty's phone, but Glenn Scott, uh, Betty's FBI guy that she was maybe dating, because uh, they kissed, uh, spells his name Glenn, one N, Scott, one T. Oh, he's which, a serial killer, he's a trash rat killer. Yeah, he's the villain. No. He's the villain, yeah, no, he's the villain. He's, he's the one killing everyone, no. Yeah. I don't trust yeah. a Scott with one T. Yeah, it's, and it's just as one of the. He did both. He's Glenn with the one N and Scott with one T. That's he's a serial killer. That's yeah. Like you don't have to have two ends, but I will trust you if you do. Mm-hmm. No, this is this is for sure. One so T, I'm, Scott. I'm, I'm the no, villain. yeah, no. This, this is some real. I'm the villain shit. Um, but he's calling Betty to let her uh, know that they did the blood analysis and it matches uh, Polly's blood type which was AB negative, which is the rarest one they have to explain to the audience. I sure as hell don't know that. Um, which means that it's almost definitely Polly's blood. 
And um, amazingly, somehow, I think this show got forensics more realistically than CSI does. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, yeah, if you just find some blood, you can't do, like, just a DNA match or whatever. I think the best you could do is probably blood type. Yeah. Uh, you, like they did. You would have to have, you would have to have, like, some genetic material besides blood, basically. A, and, yes, and, they, and B, it has to be, like, fresh blood, doesn't it? Yeah, and on top of that, you would have to have something to base it off of as well. You can, yeah. like... You'd well, I mean, I'm sure they can get samples of Polly's DNA. Uh, um, yeah, they, know, they probably could get yeah, hair you on know, a hairbrush or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not the part that I think is tough. But yeah, shockingly, I think they did forensics slightly more realistically than CSI, um, which is funny to me. Um, then Jughead, Jughead's a fucking weirdo, and um, also I feel like has no room to talk from all the shit he wrote in high school. But he's like, this kid wrote about. How the Mole Man kept him prisoner, and then the Mothman operated him on the spaceship. That probably means he's being abused. I learned that uh, alien abductions uh, can be a mask for trauma literally two weeks ago. I'm an expert now in child right? psychology. because I want to remind everyone that um, Jughead also, in high school, wrote about graphically murdering his principal. What? But no, I'm, I'm sure this kid's troubled, Jughead. I'm sure this kid's very disturbed. That was seven years ago. That was all the way in, two, in, in 2020. Who cares now? Oh, did the, did the, uh, did it have a date on the prescription bottle? Uh, no, I don't think oh, it did. Oh, okay. Here, we can jump back real quick. I guess we have the power of Netflix on our side. Okay, I just, I'm just thinking, like. I, I see, I see your train of thought, and so let's. Let's like see. I just want, co- like I just need them to like tell me right. if it's yeah, if it's twenty twenty seven. Trying to get this figured out, this time mystery. All right. Uh, no, I don't see it. Mm, okay, because it has to be twenty twenty seven because they gave us specific date in a number of years. They sure did. Hang on, let me see if uh, I don't think that paper had. Uh, the date on it, but let me let me just check real quick. Because again, we have the power of Netflix on our side, so we can do whatever we want. Oh, this isn't even the scene. This is a different scene. Uh, but can nope. All right, he's not going to show it there. We are not nearly as far along as I thought. <laughs> no, we got sidetracked. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, okay. It's okay. We scene. have a whole chunk of uh, episode that it's just football. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no, no date on the story either. All right. Mm. Got to keep an eye out for all of that. No, we're... Anyway. We're going to get this. Yeah. But, uh... We- uh, Jughead takes his concerns to Weatherby, um... And Weatherby's like, well, he does have a ton of accidents. A black eye, a broken leg. Um, but I spoke to his parents, and they seem totally cool. So, it's probably not, uh, abuse... And it turns out that it probably isn't, but also, like, that that's a wild thing to say, Principal Rutherby. <laughs> I talked to his parents, they seem cool, so it's probably not that. Um, and then this scene, uh, we're at the, the free breakfast at Pops, and uh, Archie is telling uh, Derek's mom how he's the best player, and that's why he wants to make Derek the team captain. Um, and- but the mom's like, <laughs> like oh, go ahead. Yeah. Team captain of this failing team? I'm gonna right, bring exactly. him to the team that he can actually do anything on. 
Yeah, she's like, he's a legitimately good football player, and that might help him get out of this godforsaken town. So, no offense, but I gotta do what's best for my son. Archie doesn't get what that means, but uh, he'll learn. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Reggie's shown up, and so now Archie and Veronica are gonna have... See, they sit down and talk to him like they planned this meeting. He also waves at them like they planned this meeting, but then uh, their reaction when he walked through the door with indicates that this was not a planned meeting. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Reggie tells them that the league wants to kick the team uh, out of the conference because the Bulldogs suck. Although he says they ate other teams in the conference. This is a very small, it's a very small regional high school tournament they play, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's, I mean, like, I don't know. I didn't play sports in high school. That feels like a small number of teams, though. Reggie the Icon as a 25-year-old grown man as he's leaving the uh, chocolate shop points to every uh, Riverdale student he sees on his way out and goes, Loser! 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 God bless him. I love Reggie just being a villain. It's real good. I miss Reggie just being messy. Just a grown-ass man. Uh, Did you see that one video of, like, that one, like, not not joking, cop literally hurting, trying to hurt all the little league, uh, the little league kids that beat their team. Like oh. they did a thing where they shake nice. hands, and and he just oh. like tries to twist their hand in a way that hurts. Oh boy! Yeah, so he could have done that. Uh, um. So we're at this very baffling. This is scene. such a weird scene. Um. So. You know, they're they're at Kevin and Fangs' place, uh, Kevin and his dad, because his dad's helping him pack as he leaves. Um, and then Kevin starts talking about how he... Oh, I guess we're going to come back to that. But he talks about how he doesn't feel like he deserves love. And then he'll explain the reason why, uh, I guess, in the next scene when we revisit them. And it's very weird. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Veronica makes a bet with her dad. Um, because this is how this family operates. This is their love language. Sorry, I love that little stinker look he just gave her. I man, I'm good. God, I love Hiram in this season. I love him. He's so this good. This is the most little look at this little stinker. <laughs> oh my god, he's such a little goddamn stinker. He's literally wearing um a uh, Stonewall Prep Stallions. Uh, sweater and drinking from his Stonewall Prep Stallion's mug as he's like, I can't help oh. it that the Bulldogs are bad. Oops. C- could you put that as, like, the episode image? Uh, I almost definitely won't, but 3157 <laughs> is the timestamp, so when I'm editing this, maybe I'll remember. <laughs> he he does have quite this little stinker face on there, though. It's just for a second, but I appreciate it. Um... Yeah, so the wager is um, if the Stallions blow out the Bulldogs um, again, so zero points for the Bulldogs, then the Bulldogs will willingly withdraw from the league. Um, However, if the Bulldogs manage to score even one point, then Hiram's got to stop using his influence to try to get the league to kick out the Bulldogs. And Hiram takes that bet, which, I mean, fair enough, seems like a pretty easy bet. Bulldogs, again, have not scored a point yet this season. Not even that they've lost every game. They've literally not scored a point yet. Um, now we're on the scene where Jughead holds Lerman, the student, back to ask him about his story. Um, nothing comes of this. He says it's a series of dreams. 
um, and then gets freaked out when Jackhead tries to imply he's been abused and leaves. Uh, again, though, these stories might be a cry for help. Jughead, you wrote for fun just a story where you very graphically murdered your principal and, like, hid the body and then murdered some of your friends. Um, so, again, I really just do not do not feel like you're in a position to to be doing this. He also wrote, he also wrote like, multiple stories about, like, serial killers and stuff. Yeah. Like... Yeah, just all in all, if anyone in this in this room has been doing a cry for help, it's you, Jughead. Um, Betty's learning to grieve, uh, or is asking Cheryl for advice about grief, basically. Um, it's not really important. So let's discuss, uh, who we think is getting, um, our Dilf of the Day award right now. I think it's Hiram in his little stinker with his dad's sweatshirt on. Uh, so Hiram, okay, Hiram's up there. I also want to put, I also want to put a Sheriff Keller. On there a little mm, bit. Okay, yeah. Like, like he's looking a little bit more, like, Hiram, I don't know. We have to we have to decide a little bit later. Hiram's got, like, Disney dad Dilf energy he, this episode. Yeah, you know? like, no, like, he, he seems... A different sort. He seems like a, he seems like a, like a dad from a kid show right now. Uh, mm, but, like, come on, like, Rick Morianis and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, don't tell me you didn't want to jump his bones. <laughs> Right, just because it's a, just because it's family friendly, don't no, mean no. that ain't a deal. No, no, it's no, all I'm saying. But I'm just, but like, <laughs> like Sheriff Keller is showing a lot of emotional mm-hmm. intelligence and vulnerability true, in this. True, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. being a good dad. Yeah, and he's a single dad, a little sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, well, we got our two nominees at least. We will uh, continue watching and come to a consensus. Archie busts into the locker room. Um, being like, why aren't you guys at practice? And that's when we learned Derek transferred to play for Stonewall Prep. Um, and that was the whole scene. <laughs> um, but then Archie's in bed with Veronica and is explaining how he, like, gets it because his team sucks and that kid wants to get out of this shitty town. And so he's got to do what's best for him. Oh, yeah, they are a down-up player, though, so, uh, they literally cannot play games. And also, I feel like it's so risky to have a football team with no subs football that contact sport you don't have a single sub also like you could make a really good argument that high schoolers shouldn't be playing football oh sure yeah uh definitely but so if we are going to accept that they are playing a football you definitely need to have some subs because football is one of the sports that's very physical and people get injured in a lot no, it's okay. Just ruin a teenager's body before they even <laughs> can mm. graduate high school. It's the epic highs and lows, Art. The epic <laughs> highs are you winning the big game. The epic lows are the brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then Betty comes home, and she's about to tell Alice uh, that Polly's probably dead, but then chickens out um, and says that the blood didn't match, and so Polly is still out there somewhere because uh, she can't bear to give that news to her mother. And Alice does uh, an incredible job acting here, I think. Uh, this whole scene's bizarrely well well, well put together for Riverdale. It really sticks out to me um, in that it feels like it came from someone, someone else's show. <laughs> um, the next morning, Alice is feeling much better and preparing brunch for the support group meeting she's decided to join. Which I guess is good. Kind of weird. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Jughead gets called to Principal Weatherly's office, which, sorry, I, I do need to record what he says when he first enters, because it's weird. What's the buzz, Waldo? Oh you know, that phrase. Oh my god! What's the buzz, Waldo? Um, but it's Lerman's parents. They're here, and they're pissed off that uh, Jughead tried to imply to their kid that uh, they abuse him. Oh, actually, they're not even mad about that. They're mad that he's encouraging these fantasies Lerman has about aliens and monsters. Uh, is this where we learn that he's a sleepwalker? I think... No, it's later. Oh, yeah. It's later when uh, he disappears, yeah. But they do get Lerman transferred out of uh, Jughead's class to, you know, the many other English teachers this school has available. Does it only have, like, five teachers? Yeah, I don't know that there necessarily are teachers outside of the main cast anymore. But, uh, I guess the parents also don't know that, so Waldo can just lie to them. I mean, the student body's also about a hundred, so a large school can pack, you know, like, 30 kids into a class. So we're still talking, we're talking about, like, three classes per teacher, I guess. Yeah, it's doable. He might be the only English teacher. Well, don't they have, they have less than a hundred, they have a little over a hundred students, right? Yeah, they said about a hundred, yeah. Okay, so if they have... Uh, so I'm assuming like a 30-person class size, um, based on my own experience in high school. It's doable, at least, I should say. So, you know, it's about three classes, and you cover the whole school. Yeah. And, you know, a teacher can swing teaching three classes, even if they are four different grades. Yeah. Uh, so Cheryl takes a stab at playing a relationship therapist with Fangs and Kevin. Fangs... Uh, says that he feels Kevin may be ashamed of being gay. Kevin's like, you don't know my story. Fangs is like, that's kind of the problem. You will never share anything with me. I want to get to know you and you won't do it. Kevin says, fuck this, I'm out. Show says, oopsie-daisy. <laughs> Lily Reinhardt acting her little heart out this episode. Her storyline is so tonally different from everyone else's and I like that. It feels fucking weird and like Riverdale. Yeah. Well, like, they, they are still doing a pretty good job at shooting the scenes differently, depending on what storyline mm -hmm. they're talking about. Um, yeah. So you do get, like, more kind of Dutch angles and... Yeah. Uh, but it, it's also just, like, the, the level of gravity between hers and everyone else's. Because, you know, like, Archie's story is very different from Jughead's. But I would put them emotionally about at the same level, right? Yeah. Um, but then Betty's is, like, way over here dealing with her dead sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then Jughead's like, hey, I know a guy who lives by the lonely highway. He's a little weird, but he sees a lot of the stuff that goes on on this highway, which... Uh, I don't know that you know how a highway works, Jughead, but I really don't think that's true. But he's going to take Betty to go see uh, him. And then we get this fucking scene. Yeah. Um, it's like, what What do the producers uh, or Berlanti have over the holds of minor celebrities in the real world? Oh, see, that's the thing. I had to look this guy up. This isn't a minor celebrity. They invented a minor celebrity oh. for this scene. They couldn't get a minor celebrity. It's not that hard to get a really low-ranked football player to beat your team. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, Veronica has shown up to practice, and she's invited 
her friend from New York who plays professional football. It is, of course, number 29 of a little team called the New York Goliaths. Uh, it's T-Dub. And so, the reason this felt so plausible that this would, was a minor celebrity and why I had to look into it is because, one, New York has a ton of teams. The New York Goliaths does sound like some, like, weird C-list uh, football team. Um, but then I realized as I was researching that it's the New York Goliaths because the actual New York football team is the New York Giants. Giants. Yeah. 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 So this is a fake team with a fake football I thought it was like a minor league team or something. I did too. Yeah. Right. It sounds like it would be. It sounds, that sounds like a fucking C-list football team. Or arena football Um, team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like one one of the non-NFL leagues. Did you want to hear my really hot take? Mm-hmm. If I'm go- if I'm watching football live, like in a th- yeah. in a s- s- like stadium, I much rather watch arena football because it doesn't take them like five minutes to reset between each down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, they tend to be higher scoring games. Um. Yeah. Very conveniently, his hoodie obscures the back of his jerseys. You can't see his name. Um. But he says a bunch of cliches at them, but because he's a professional football player, I guess that's that's inspiring. And then because there's a professional football player here, a bunch of kids came to check it out and now Archie's gonna recruit one of them. Whoop, 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 or actually whoop, whoop, they they're excited they're excited to play because now they've seen a professional football player. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This th- totally this episode is just whiplash inducing. We have like Friday Night just, Lights. Just some odd choices, yeah. Uh, like this also, like part of it also feels like a like family, a family uh, movie, like game about mm-hmm. a little league football. Yeah, yeah, like a sports movie. Yeah. Um. So now Hiram's pissed off because there's renewed interest in the Bulldogs, and he uh, wants to ensure they win. So he wants Reggie to target. Uh, they're weak players and knock some heads. And Reggie's like, nah, boss, we can beat them fair and square on the field. Um, Hiram doesn't like that response. And so he fires Reggie from, or benches Reggie, I guess, to use the sports terminology he does, um, so that he can, he can coach the Stallions during the big game. Um, so, you know, I get it. You know, your your subordinate is being insubordinate and you got to punish him. Sure, Hiram, fine. You want to you want to coach these kids? Cool. Do it. Uh he doesn't revisit the plan where he maims a child to win a football to rig a football game now that he's in charge. Uh he doesn't like then go back and and do that thing. He just gives up because Reggie won't do it. You you've got like so many private security guys. You couldn't find another dude to like beat up a kid. Yeah, you can you can you can discreetly beat up a kid. That's it's right, not that that's, hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, why why was why was like Reggie like no? We'll beat them fair and square on the field. And he's like, you're fired. And then he's like, I'm gonna beat them fair and square on the field. Um, but Reggie takes it personally and says, "Fine, I'll be rooting for the Bulldogs then during the game," which is fine, I guess. Reggie, I don't think anyone cares. Again, this dude's been here in Riverdale for decades, watching this highway that's been here for decades, but now it's all a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Betty asked him some questions, and 
uh, he says it's aliens and that it's all alien stuff. Um, and Betty gets pretty reasonably annoyed at Jughead for bringing her to some weirdo alien guy when her sister might be dead. <laughs> I do like the way that they're shooting uh, Jughead's scenes and mm-hmm. stuff. Because they're going for more of like an X Files vibe, and I think they're yeah, they're yeah, hitting yeah. it. They're hitting it. Yeah, I agree. Like they even have like the really extreme Dutch angle spaces. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of a cooler uh, color palette. Yeah, I really hope that uh, this is magic. I hope that they like just reveal it. Like, just like yeah, it turns out they're right. The, the military compound is actually uh, a coven of witches. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. There's a military compound right outside of Riverdale, and he's been hearing increased alien chatter on his radio, which is the only other like relevant information from this scene, because that ties into ju- the start of Jughead, you know, the opening scene of this episode, where Jughead was listening on a bunch of radios for aliens. Yep. Um, and then Jughead incredibly then tries to convince Betty that maybe her sister is dead because of aliens, because uh, there's things in this town that just can't be explained, even though the first four seasons were explicitly about them Scooby-Doo style uh, explaining away unexplainable phenomena. Well, it's because it's magic. I guess so. I guess so. There's a line Betty says here that I, I'd like to punch up a little bit, but uh, it's like, sometimes unexplained phenomenon... And Betty says, no, someone is kidnapping, torturing, and murdering women. That's not a phenomenon. She says, it's just pure evil. I would have liked to be like, I would have liked her to say something more like, that's just real life, or that's, you know, reality or something. Pure evil makes it sound cartoony. That's something that happens every day because that's an actual true statement? Right, yeah. Um, like Like the thrust of the writing here, I think it could have been punched up just a tad. But I do like that rebuttal, because um, of course Jughead only sees this as his weird paranormal mystery to solve, and not like <laughs> that it's really it's about real disenfranchised women. That photo looked incredibly photoshopped together, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, this is where Betty snaps, and maybe Dark Betty takes over. Uh, she's you know grieving about her sister, hearing all the fights they had, and then she looks into her mirror. And we get um, one of those Zolly shots. And then we can do a real close zoom up on her face and then on her eyes as she glances into the mirror, which has traditionally in, this epi- uh, in the show been a motif for Dark Betty's existence. So I'm just saying, maybe Dark Betty's not dead. I really thought when she went into her drawer, she was going to pull out the wig. That's also what I'm going to say I wanted, here. I want her to pull out the wig. Right? I really thought that's what was about to happen, but she opens up the drawer and pulls out a box of bullets for her uh, FBI gun instead, and loads it up and heads on out. Could you imagine if it had been the wig? That would have been so good. <laughs> Fucking love us. Oh yeah, th- Kevin gets hate crimed here. <laughs> oh, I remember that. So Kevin is uh... Yeah, mm, yeah Kevin. Um, so he's like flirting with a dude. Yeah. And like it seems in like, the sauna. In the sauna, it seems like the other dude is flirting back. But he touches his leg. Yeah. And then he gets hate crimed. Yeah. It's a really uncomfortable scene. Just a little weird. Wait, what if what if this was what if this wasn't a what if this was a hate crime not because he was gay, but because he wasn't hot enough? 
You know what? That is kind of what they imply later with Kevin's dad. <laughs> it seems like it. Because, like... I think he... I don't know, because I think he calls Kevin, like, a pervert or something. Or, like, guys like you or whatever. I'm assuming it's supposed to be about being gay, but it, it also, could be, maybe... It could be, like, guys like you who are ugly and not good enough right, for Right, yeah, it's like, you thought I wanted to come here and get groped by, uh, six out of tens like you? You're clearly a six out of ten, and I'm an yeah. eight out of ten. And I'm about to make you a five out of ten <laughs> after I'm done beating you up. <laughs> Um, but Betty's coping method is she's hanging around the truck stop and looking for, uh, Johns here, trying to pick up women and telling them to stop and threatening them, which I guess is fine. (laughs) It's not much of anything in my opinion (laughs) either way, but, um, here's the scene. Um, you know, Kevin and his dad are having a heart to heart now after he got, beat up um and this is what kevin says he feels some like he maybe uh is ashamed of being gay uh which kevin's dad then goes was was it ever anything i did uh and kevin's like no 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 you've always been so super open and accepting which mm, that wasn't what was happening in season one but okay uh and then he says mom though and then recounts a story about when he was around I don't think they say the age, but when he was going shopping with his mom and his mom made an offhand comment about uh, how she needed to buy from the Husky section for him. And that was the first time he ever went to Fox Forest and cruised. Uh, what? 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 Uh, so be- because uh, his his mom was somewhat fat phobic. Uh, he he hates being gay now. Am, am I reading that correctly? I don't know. I think, like, this is weird. All I'm saying is that sh- that Keller, I always forget his last mm. first name. What is it? Tom. Tom. Tom here, being a good father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the fuck is happening with, <laughs> with Kevin. But, but Tom, being supportive, a little sad because his son is sad. Mm. concerned does you know a little scruffy which is i which is why i think he's looking rather dilfy honestly i don't know i'm not a big flannel guy i guess but uh yeah i guess i see it like it's just like hiram hiram is just like he's not doing it for me this episode mostly because like he's a stinker he's more of a stinker Mm -hmm. this like and and I love him as a stinker, but like I, I prefer him more as like a villain, you know. Like this episode, mm. he's just a stinker. But this is definitely Dark Betty. But D- Betty is, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Betty's still cruising around the truck stop looking for guys picking up girls, and uh, who does she spot? Hey, it's the guy who's hitting up Polly on Greg's list. Uh. And this is a, a strictly one-strike policy, so now he's in trouble. Uh, but she's not going to arrest him, just she's just going to kidnap him and drag him into the woods. And, and torture him. Well, just a little bit. Uh, then Jughead gets a call from Principal Weatherby because Lerman is missing. Um, Jughead says, tell the Lermans I'm calling in some help, which is a weird thing. Like, could you imagine if your kid was missing and then the principal's like, yeah, but don't worry... 
the English teacher is calling in a favor. <laughs> anyway, uh, Betty beats up this dude a bunch and then um, is about to execute him. Uh, yeah, uh, then Jughead's gonna call and uh, be like, I have a student missing. Help. Although, um, also, Betty, if, like, your your deal is that you want to look out for these disenfranchised girls who have to turn to sex work to make a living, um, I don't think killing their clients is, like, it, because they're still broke and need money. <laughs> like most problems. Maybe you should work on getting them, maybe you should work on the getting them food, shelter, and jobs if you want to, you know... Uh, help them <laughs> like like most problems when it comes to uh society and poor people yeah uh maybe getting them better support networks and uh, yeah. enough money so they can live in a house over their head and yeah, that certainly seems more effective <laughs> uh anyway she decides not to execute him because she doesn't have time to hide the body i guess she's gotta go uh look for this teenager on the lonely highway um, and Hiram also puts Derek in, which I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, a ploy to get the other team mentally off balance, or if he's really just that good, but, uh, yeah, the game's about to start. Meanwhile, Betty did find Lerman, uh, and this is where we learn that he's a sleepwalker. Alright. Yeah, then we overhear with the parents. Also, sorry, uh, real quick about the football team, something that I thought about and forgot to mention is that uh, Veronica offers $10,000 to the first student to score a point on the Bulldogs. So, like, just fuck the linemen, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, no, like, there's only a few people who would run it. Yeah, that's like under half the team has the potential to win that money. Just fuck, fuck everybody else, I guess, right? I did not even think about that at first, but no, over half the team is just blocking the other team. So, yeah, Ooh. they are in, ineligible, and if you think about it, uh, probably also the quarterback normally wouldn't be able to get it. It would just be any of the receivers, and maybe a running back. Sucks. Yeah. Also, I don't know how that promotes like any sort of actual good football playing, because it's just going to be a bunch of assholes being like, give me the ball, I don't care that it's not tactically sound, I want the $10,000. Like, I don't, if I were, if I were on the Bulldogs, I would not have blocked for this little quarterback so she could run to the end zone and score a point. I would have been like, oops, I didn't get there fast enough and let her get tackled. I'm going to be the one winning that money. Uh, anyway, Lerman sleepwalks, and that's how he's always getting hurt. So uh, they lock his door at night. He sleeps in the basement. So Jack is like, oh, you're the mole people. Seems like kind of a dick thing to say to these people um, when they haven't, like, done anything wrong. <laughs> he also went missing for a whole week last time. Um, and they found him on the Lonely Highway, of course. Polly thinks it's not a coincidence that two different people ended up on a highway. Yeah, like, it that tends to be a long road that you can walk along that, really easily. That, like, yeah. Se seems like a thing that a lot of people might end up on, Polly. Or not, sorry, <laughs> Betty. Including Polly and Lerman, and I think it could be a coincidence, but I don't know. I think it's like I think Betty is somehow doing it. I'm just gonna keep on saying it's Betty until proven otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a scene here where um, 
because all the Riverdale cast are adults now, things are less iconic and more just sort of sad. For example, when uh, Cheryl decides to do an entire musical number uh, with the cheerleaders as backup dancers. Um, once you're the 25-year-old coach of the cheerleaders, it's no longer cute. <laughs> yeah, at this point, uh, it is. Right, that's, that is just an adult woman uh, co-opting uh, a bunch of teenagers' uh, activity to make it about herself. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, the game starts, and it starts off not great for the Bulldogs. There's a lot of Cheryl dancing and singing in this. As the Stallions continue to rack up points. Oh, no. So does the... I don't know what... Presumably this is the end of the game. But uh, Archie just literally spouts out 30 seconds of sports cliches at them. Now, see, in a uh, world where they were willing to pay these teen actors... Uh, more than day rate, we would have had a whole B plot about uh, Hiram telling Derek to really give it to these kids and attack Brito's injured leg or whatever the fuck, and him being like, "No, that's not what sports is about." At the very end, uh, but we don't get that because uh, they don't got time and they don't got money to pay these kids. So instead, we get a fake handoff, and then Brito's gonna run it into the end zone. And Derek's just, like, cool with everybody. Um, and all the Bulldogs celebrate, um, to an overwhelming degree for still being, like, 24 points behind. Uh, we get one more scene with Weatherby and Jughead, and it's because Lerman's parents have pulled him out of school and moved. Which, okay. I feel like this could have been an email. Yeah. Uh, Betty comes home, and her mom's very upset, and it's because, uh... God, I just realized Betty's fucking title is Agent Cooper. Oh, oh, son of a bitch. Oh. Um, but it's because Evil Glenn has shown up and he, uh, fair enough, told Alice the truth. I guess, you know, logically not being aware that Betty was lying to her mother. Um, but he also says that he is taking over this case. Also, why was she on the case anyway? It's a great question. I, yeah. I mean, this also shouldn't be, I mean, I guess because it's family of FBI, it would be their thing. I don't know. Then he emphasizes this investigation is going to be done thoroughly by the book, as if Betty had broken some protocol. Uh, She just lied to her mom. Like, it's not, you know, a great thing to do, but that's also not like an FBI protocol she fucked up that's allowed the killer to escape or something you know also uh i don't know what they think the fbi does but i feel like lying is on top of that list oh sure yeah um yeah weird weird note to end on but i guess glenn is here and as we've surmised by how he spells his name he is the villain and the killer of the season so yeah who who was um, the mpv and who was who was the best who was the best and who was the worst yeah, best in show. I think worst in show goes to Veronica for that insane point bounty thing she put on those teenagers. Yeah. Uh, I think best in show would go to hmm, who did I who who did I like this episode? Jughead does really. a good job. Jughead does all right. Jughead does. A good I job. might give it to Alice. I think just for the acting. I think Mads Chem or 
whatever the actress's name is, uh, Madcam, I think is her last name, actually, uh, did a good job. She does a, yeah, she does a good job at acting. Uh, like, she does act her heart out. Uh, Betty was a little overbearing. Um, maybe if, maybe if she put on that wig. Yeah, if she had put on the wig, easy, she would have been best in show. Yeah. But, uh, I think, I think I'd like to give it to Alice. Yeah. Okay. I'd give it to Alice. So Alice Besson Show, Veronica Orson Show. I'll I'll give it to Tom Keller for Dilf of the Day. Um, and those are our awards. Thank you everyone for attending. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. What do you have to recommend? What do I have to recommend? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Harley Quinn season three is here. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Sandman's still pretty good. I need to finish that. Um, I got two bands. I guess I can recommend. First one's called Saving Face. It's a band from New Jersey that sounds a lot like MCR, who is also from New Jersey. Sa- okay, you need to send me send me like some of their yeah. stuff. It's it's not the era of MCR you like. I think it's very Black Parade, but I like Black Parade. Uh, so <laughs> so Black Parade, I am one hundred percent okay with. I mm-hmm. very much prefer th- Three Cheers over. Yeah. No, this this one's much more drawing inspiration from the Black Parade era and their newest album, which I think came out last year, literally has a skeleton hand on it, which I think is a clear homage to the Black Parade. Um, but also, there's an Asian guy who plays guitar in there, so I think they're a cool band. Yeah, But no, definitely send me some of their stuff, because I am... Yeah. I want to listen. Uh, and then the other uh, the other band I've been listening to is called Pink Shift, um, and they're just good, good old classic pop punk, um, but... Uh, they have a wildly diverse lineup. I think it's like a Latino singer with a uh, Middle Easterner. No, wait, sorry. It's a, I think it's an Indian singer. One of them's a Latino, and I think the other one's black, I think, is the band. So it's like a wildly diverse band. Okay, here's a question, though. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the chance of one of them coming out as, uh, you know, like other pop punk people? Oh, I see. Which, what's the chance? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Only time will tell. Only, uh, yeah. Um, they they also only have like five songs and not even an EP out. So, oh, okay. You know, they're one of those bands. But of the like five songs they have, I thought they were pretty catchy. Okay. Yeah. So those are my recs. What about you? Uh, I st- started replaying uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm. First time I've played since like 2015. Still a good game. Yeah. Um, I've been enjoying it a lot been playing as a Cranari mage. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out I still only like one of the characters, so I'm only going to romance that one character every time I play. I do remember the romance options being a little rough in Inquisition. Inquisition, yeah, it's a little rough, because like half of them are Catholic, basically. <laughs> and and uh, much... And, and I was raised... And, you know, uh, my Baptist uprising makes me un, uh, you know, untrusting of Catholics. Uh, I remember, I never finished the game, but I do remember playing a bit of it, and I remember, you know, scoping out my options, and there were only two women I thought were, like, worth talking to, like, you're cool and you're cool, or one of them's not romanceable, and the other one's a straight-up lesbian and will not romance with me if I have a male character. Well, well, as a person who almost exclusively plays uh, femme uh, RPG characters... I only dated. I only will date Sarah. Oh, so you, uh, yeah, uh, only yeah. will date Sarah because I love her. She's a little goblin, mm-hmm. 
and I love her so much. Also, best team, my team right now, as uh, Blackwall, uh, mm. Blackwall, uh, Sarah, and um, Iron Bull. And I mm-hmm. love their dynamic. They are such, they are so good together. Love it. Um, but yeah. Also, I, I don't know. I could suggest a program. I don't know. Uh, if yeah, you want to, if, if you want to do some of the, you know, AI generated images stuff, there's a, um, a free one where you get like five credits a day, you know, mm. uh, and it's called nightcafe.studio. Basically, you mm. know, you choose prompts, all that stuff. You can kind of choose a style you want it to be in. And for the most part, it does okay. Um, don't expect everything to be, like, you know, amazing because the AI stuff isn't there unless you're getting the paid stuff, really. Mm-hmm. But, like, for a free one, it's pretty good. So... Right now, I'm generating a, cur- a, a courtroom sketch of a crab because that's what I wanted. So, all right, all right, you sign us out this time. Oh yeah. Um. Hey, I'm gonna do this real dramatic look into the, uh, the mirror. So, so I'm just giving you straight stage directions what I'm doing right now. Okay. Look in the mirror. Okay. Zoom in into my eye. Yep. Yep. They dilate just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. Then I reach for my gun. Um, well, for that, I have to say, put on the wig, Shinji. Bye. Wall Street. Wall Street. She Wolf of Wall Street.